That helps. Um, we're talking about the good news. We're talking about the best news that we have ever heard, that has ever been spoken. We just sung about it. We just sang about it. That has been shouted from, we can shout it from the mountains that God is great, that He is good, and that He gives us a message that is good. Um, to review, we've talked about how the good news in one word is Jesus. Is Jesus. And the good news in three words is Jesus is Lord. And the good news in 30 words, ramping it up here a little bit. But Jesus is God with us, come to show us God's love, save us from sin, set up God's kingdom, and shut down religion so we can share in God's life. This is the good news in 30 words. And last week we talked about the ground of the gospel. You can break this up. The ground of the gospel, the foundation, is what we would call the incarnation, that God Himself takes on flesh. He dwells among us. He takes on our weakness, our vulnerability in Jesus. It's the ground of the gospel, and that leads to the four gifts of the gospel, things that we can't do on our own, things that we are even undeserving of, but God has taken the step towards us shown us God's love, saves us from sin, sets up God's kingdom, and shuts down religion. And this is the goal of the gospel. This is where it's all headed, so that we can share in God's life, so that we can share in His love, that we can share in the way that He intended the world to always be, the way that He made it. It's to, to, to exist in, in love and peace. And we don't see that today, but the good news is that it's coming, because God has come. He's come among us. So, quick review. Jesus is God with us. We talked about this last week, right? It's it's what we call the incarnation, the big fancy word. Carne, con carne, remember? What do you say? Queso con carne? Is cheese with with meat. Incarnation is, is the fact that God came and took on flesh. He's God with meat. He's God with flesh. He's God that took on our vulnerability. He took on our, our weakness and our frailty. He took on our pain. He journeys with us and experiences this. And so this is really good news. Why? We talked about last week that because it shows that God gets us. He's not removed from us. That He's not some distant being that is unconnected and, and unempathetic, but He gets our situation because He's experienced all that we've experienced. He's experienced rejection. He's experienced loss. He's experienced death. He's experienced pain. He's experienced hunger. He's experienced weakness. So He gets us. But He not only gets us, but He's with us, right? He's with us on that journey. He's not like, we, get, we, we think we watch a movie, right? And we, it, it, it opens our eyes to something real that happened in that movie, right? Like a war movie or something. And we see the pain and we're inspired by the bravery and the courage and we see the, the brothers you know, who have lost their, their comrades and, and we feel that pain, but we don't fully get it because we're not there. And we can, we're eating popcorn. That's what's always amazed me. Like, we're watching these intense movies and we're like, yeah, this is intense. You know, we're watching popcorn. So God isn't like that. He's not eating popcorn, like watching us go through this. He is with us in it, like alongside. He's on the battlefield. He's in the funeral parlor. He's on the morning bench. He's with you, feeling alongside of you. He knows what it feels like, and He's with you on that journey. And then, 
God is for us, we find, because God is with us, because He's in He's He's come. He is for us. He's not against us. A lot of us grow up thinking, well, God just hates me, and and I've just got to spend my life trying to earn his favor. No, in Christ we see that God is not distant, God is not angry, God is for us. He's not against us. And he intercedes for us. I still don't have my notes here. That was all from my brain. This is good. So, that's where we've been. Today, based on the ground of the gospel, Jesus is God with us. Come to, we're going to focus on this gift, the first gift of the gospel, to show us God's love. To show us that God is love. To show us that He loves us. To show us this beautiful, wonderful, profound good news that God loves. He is love. So, my question is, as, I, as we ramp into this, why are we talking about this, right? We asked this a couple times. Why are we talking about this? Why even talk about this good news? Um, because we want to believe it. We need to believe it, right? We all need to believe it at deeper and deeper levels. We all need to trust in it. We all need to live in light of it. It shapes us. It changes us. It has the power to change us. And the second thing is that we need to share it. If this is truly real, if what we're talking about is real, man, we need to shout it, like we just sang, shout it from the mountains that He is God with us. Come to show us God's love. So my question is, have you lived into it this week? How has what we talked about last week informed your, your life, and have you shared it? Maybe next week I'll ask for like real feedback, but I'm just going to leave it. You don't have to respond. But let me share you how I got a chance to share this aspect of the gospel. Now remember, this isn't a formula. It's not a magic incantation, right? It's not something you just spit at people or spit at yourself. It's kind of a way to organize like this, this thing that God has done. And it's this multidimensional beauty, this kind of internal way of organizing all that God has done. And this doesn't even do it justice. It doesn't tap all that God has done. It doesn't tap the good news. We'll spend our whole life trying to live into it and figure it out and, and understand the, the depth and the beauty of it. But this gives us a framework when we're with people and when we're experiencing life ourselves, like stuff's going on. Man, we need to remember God is with us, right? We need to remember that gospel, that good news. And so I was, um, this week, a guy, one of our neighbors dropped by and uh, it was around dinner time. The doorbell rang. And so we just invited him in and said, hey man, you want to eat with us? We're about to have tacos. You want to have some tacos? And he's like, sure. So he had his dog and he, we didn't invite his dog in. Although we could have, he returned his dog and came back and he started eating tacos with us. And it was awesome because, well, it wasn't awesome that he was hurting, but he was really hurting. And it was awesome that we got to be at table. We want to be a community of open doors, right? Open tables, open hands. And so here he came, we opened our door to him, opened our table to him, and he was hurting. He was, he, he broke down in tears several times. Two of his friends had died in this, in this week, two of his co-workers. He's just really tender. And he started sharing about his life, right? He started sharing about how he was always wanted to be there with his daughter, even when he was homeless. Like, he would walk her to school. Like, wherever he was, he would get up and go to the house and walk her to school, even when he was homeless for two years. And he, just, he was just crying. He was really, 
he was really tender and he was struggling. And I, I just felt like, man, he needs to know God is with him. God is for him. God gets him. He gets this loss. He's experienced this. He knows what he's going through. And, and so I, I tried to, he, he talks a lot, our neighbor. So I was like, he was talking and it was good and he, it was cathartic for him. And I, I said, you know what? God is, God is with you. And he's like, I'm so glad I came here because I just I didn't even know. He said, your tacos are making me cry. He said, your tacos are making me cry. I said, I don't know what we put in the tacos. But I said, you know, I think God, God is with you and he's for you. And he, it's not an accident that you knocked on our door today. You needed this and God knows you need it and he's with you. And I'll tell you, it was kind of awkward. So I'm not going to say like it was like super smooth or whatever. So I want to share that awkward piece because it was kind of like God is with you. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, taco, more tacos, you know. So, but it was fine because you just share that. It's the truth. It's the good news that God is with him. And the reason he's at table with us is because God is with us and he's called us to be here. And it, God is at work in his life and he needs to know that. Another example, just real quick. This morning I was kind of preparing this and thinking about what we were going to say and praying through it. And a friend of mine came to mind who, who follows Jesus, but he's had a really tough loss uh, in the last month or so. And um, he's really hurting. I know he's hurting. And I haven't done the best of just like keeping up with him and, and texting him. So I thought, you know, I just felt like I need to text him and tell him God is, God is with him. God gets him, and God is for him, even in his grief. And he's with him in this grief. He's with him as he hurts, even as others forget, even as I forget, because I'm going to let him down, and I had let him down. I hadn't talked to him for a couple of weeks. I just texted him, and I said, man, God's with you even when I'm not, and, and he loves you. And so that's, those are examples of how we share this. It's not like laying it all out. It's just, this is good news. God is with us. God is with our neighbors. God is with us in our pain and in our joys, and he, he gets us. So today, Jesus is God with us, come to show us God's love. And there's a lot of beauty in the world, right? We see it all around. I, I want to focus on that. There's a lot of beauty in this world. There's a lot of resilience. There's a lot of just, uh, man, you can, sometimes you can just look and you can see, man, God is made a beautiful place. You look at the Sandia Mountains. You look at the sunset. Last night was an awesome sunset. There's tons of beauty and resiliency. And you see people, even in the midst of tragedy, you see on the news with the hurricane um, and Harvey, is it Harvey? Harvey and Irma. You see people coming around side of each other and there's beauty. But there's also lots of pain. I mean, and it's just been really real the last few weeks, but there's tons of pain. There's tons of brokenness. There's tons of like just gut-wrenching, uh, man, just loss and grief and death and disease. And, and you see it all around. And, and when you see this all around and you experience it yourself, right? You're, you're struggling. You experience loss. And you see it in your neighbors. And you see uh, the, the news. And you see around the world, man. And, and you see immigrants and refugees and their struggles and how, how do we know God loves us? Like we believe this fundamental truth that God is love and that he loves his world. Like how do you know? How do you know that when stuff's getting like really, when it really sucks? 
Where, what's your reference point? Like when the miseries just add up and pile up. Like how do you how do you know when? I, I, there's this kid I met um, several years ago when I was a youth pastor, and his family just came to the church one day when I was up at Foothills, and they never came again. But for some reason, like I stayed in relationship with this kid. He was like sixth or seventh grade. His name was Preston, and I was at his house one day, and he didn't grow up in the church. Didn't you know just just a kid. And uh, we were playing video games, and he started telling me about his sea monkeys. I didn't know they were real. Sea monkeys are real. I don't know. Yeah. We had these pet sea monkeys. I think they're like fish. They live in the water. Does anyone know? Anyways, sea monkeys. And he's like, Jesse, this is weird, sixth grader, all right? Very profound. You guys have some good thoughts. He says this. He says, God, I think God's a lot like me with my sea monkeys, what do you mean, Preston? Well, like I was super into my sea monkeys. Like I, I, when I first got them, I was really interested in them. I really liked them. I, I watched them, like, and I fed them, and I made sure I set up their little tank, and I clean water and toys, and I fed them every day, and I watched them play. But after a while, like I kind of didn't care anymore. Like I lost interest, and I didn't clean the tank anymore. And then I just eventually forgot to feed them. And, and one day I came back and I saw that the sea monkeys started like eating themselves, like eating each other, like they tacked themselves. And, and I think that's how God is with us. Preston! That's, that's hardcore. I think God was interested in us. He created us. But then He just left us. He forgot about us. And now we're just like destroying ourselves. Does it, can it feel that way? Sometimes? How do we know God is, how do you know God loves us when your tank is disgusting and your fellow sea monkeys are trying to eat you and they're eating people around you? Like, what, I'm serious, like, there's hurricanes and there's tornadoes and where is God? How do we know God loves us? This is how you know. I'm going to tell you. It's Jesus. That's, that's the end. It's Jesus. How do you know God loves you when everything is going wrong? It's Jesus. Jesus is God's declaration that God is love. Jesus is God's declaration that God loves the world. Jesus, the good news is that God loves us. And we only know that because of Jesus. That's the only way. That's our reference point. We know it because of what we talked about, because God came to us. We know it because of his life and because of his teachings and because of how he responded to misery, how he healed and how he confronted uh, the, the powerful and the arrogant and how he came alongside the hurting and how he showed compassion. We know it because of the cross, because of what he did and what he gave up and what he went underwent for us. We know it because he rose from the dead. We know it because he promises to return and make all wrong things right. We know it because his Holy Spirit is at work in and through his people to move and reflect his kingdom and his love in the world. We know it because of Jesus. We know God is love and he loves us because 
of Jesus, he cuts through the confusion and he says, look, I am love. I came. Rome, let's, let's look at some stuff. His love is ongoing. All right, first, this is a guy, a guy named John wrote First John. He walked with Jesus. He's called Jesus' beloved disciple. He's one of the ones that is there at the cross. And Jesus looks at him and says, here's my mother, take care of her. So this is who writes this. He says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We'll talk about that later. But how do we know what love is? What is love? It needs definition. Love is Jesus Christ laying down his life for us. Later, the same same guy says this, Dear friends, and that's a bad translation. It's actually the agape ones, the unconditionally, radically loved ones. The agape ones. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. The source of love is God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. This is how He shows His love. He sent His one and only, His unique Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is how we know love. This is how we know what love is. It's Jesus. It's His death. It's His life. It says God is love. So what this means is that God, His love doesn't have to be balanced with some other attribute in His nature or character. Okay? It's not like you sometimes hear, well, God is love, well, you got wait, wait, don't be talking about God being love too much because you got to balance it because God is also just and God is also anger. I mean, he gets angry, right? And he's a God of justice and he's a God of righteousness. But God's love is his essence. God is love and love is God's essence. So everything else, every other attribute is a manifestation or an expression of his love. So his love isn't balanced with anything else. It's not like you got to, okay, well, you know, balance it with his justice or his anger. No, he is love, and that is expressed in his anger, which is perfect loving anger. Like, it's not like any human anger that we've ever experienced. It's per- his anger is out of perfect love. It's an expression. His compassion is a perfect expression of his love. His justice is a perfect expression of who he is, of his essence, of his love. So God is love. And this is how he demonstrates. I'm going to do, it's ongoing. All right, God's love is ongoing. We're just going to look at a couple different things here. God's love in Christ is ongoing. Paul, another guy who walked with Jesus, you see at, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. This is how God shows his love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the cross is God putting a stake in the flow of human history and saying, I love you deeply. And this becomes a reference point for us. 
This becomes a reference point when there's wars and rumors of wars. This becomes a reference point when there's hurricanes. This becomes a reference point when there's discrimination and prejudice and white supremacists running around. This becomes a reference point. When things get cloudy, when the tank gets green and the sea monkeys go wild, right? This is a reference point that God spoke in history and planted the cross and he himself came and he died for sinners. He died for his enemies, as we'll see in a moment. He died for the very people that he created. He took on flesh. So it is the reference point for all hope when we despair. It's the reference point for all worth when we feel worthless, right? If we feel undeserving, we, we look at the cross and we say, God loves us. He loves us this much that he gave his only son to die for us. So the cross is God saying, I love the world. I am for the world. And it is an ongoing, this word demonstrates it's not demonstrated. It's not will demonstrate. It's demonstrates ongoing. Whenever we, we want to know who God is and what he's like, we look at Jesus and we look at what he did for us through the cross. Next, it's universal. This is the deal. Like I said, he doesn't just die for his friends. All right? He dies for sinners and he dies for us. Verse 10, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, he dies for his enemies. Now, this is big because we, we give a lot of uh, props to especially like soldiers, right, who f- fall on grenades for their brothers and their, their, their fellow soldiers, right? And we give them honor and we, 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 we praise them and we say they were brave and they're courageous and they were loving. What greater love has anyone than this? That he laid down his life for his friends. And we say, yeah, like not many of us would have that courage, right? To fall on a grenade for our friends. But what, what Jesus does is he not only falls on the grenade or gets nailed on the cross for his friends, he actually does it for his enemies as well. It's a universal love. It's a love that has no limits. It's a love that goes across enemy lines. There's this, have you seen um, uh, Hacksaw Ridge, the movie? Anyone? Awesome movie. Hacksaw Ridge. It's good, man. It's a true story. Um, If you haven't seen it, I forgot the guy's name. But he's actually a pacifist, which I'm like, sweet. But anyways, he's a pacifist, but he, he wants to do his duty to his country. And he signs up. But he says, I will not carry a gun. And his, he goes through boot camp and all of his uh, bunkmates beat the, beat the crap out of him, man. They just beat him every day because they think he's not going to be with him. And so finally he makes it through boot camp. He goes to the most violent part. He's in Japan. It's called Hacksaw Ridge. And troops and troops and troops have to climb up this thing and they just get mowed down as they come. And this guy, true story, he spends hours and hours, the, his, his platoon just gets mowed down. What he does is he does without a gun, he goes and he rescues them all night. One by one, drags his friends, the same guys who had beaten him, grabs his friends out, getting shot at, getting um, grenades thrown at him, and rescues them, rescues them. He goes all night and he saves like, I can't remember the number, it's over like 20 guys. I think it's way more than that, but I don't want to oversell it. It's just... He just is a hero. Jesus is like this guy, except 
For he doesn't just rescue his friends, his fellow Americans. He goes and he rescues Germans and the Japanese and his enemies. That, that would be Jesus. He, like, at great risk to himself, goes across enemy lines and rescues not only his fellow soldiers, but the very people shooting at him, trying to kill him, his enemies, those who are hostile to him. That's what Jesus did. That's God's love made known in Jesus. It's a universal love. What does he do from the cross? It's in Luke um, 23. He's pinned to the cross. He's dying. He's suffocating. And what does he cry out to God? What is his, what is his prayer? Father, forgive them. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. That's Jesus. That's the love of God made known through Jesus. But it's not even... It, it's even better. Because we believe that Jesus died that horrible death, and then he rose from the dead. Now, in any good superhero movie, right, the superhero gets killed, and then he's got his resurrection, right, or they think he's dead, they leave him for dead, and now he's like, all right, I'm going to come, you know, kick some tail and take some names of the people that made my, you know, that killed me. It's vengeance time. What does Jesus do when he raises from the dead and he's teaching? Is it vengeance time? Is it, let's rally the troops. I am God. Jesus is Lord. Let's kill everybody. No. He doesn't, right? Exactly. He doesn't. What does he do? He continues to preach forgiveness. He continues to say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And he says, bless are those who are persecuted as they share this good news. This is the love of God made known through Jesus. It's, it's, it's universal. It's for the enemy. It's for the victim and the victimizer. And that hurts. That can hurt. But it's for all those who will just accept this love. This relates. Unconditional and unstoppable. God's love is unconditional and unstoppable. We talked about it's for His enemies. But the good news is that God's love is unconditional. It's not based on anything that you have done. It's not based on anything that you haven't done. It's based purely on who God is. It's purely what we call grace. It's purely called mercy. See, there's nothing that you can do. Please hear this, because I think we have a hard time with this. And kids, you ready? You listening? Those who are awake? There's nothing that you can do that makes God love you more And there's nothing you can do that will make God love you less than He already does. There's nothing you can do. And we we have a hard time getting that through our brains. But God has already demonstrated His love for us. He, He went all the way to the cross. And there's nothing... He can't love us more and He's not going to love us less. He loves us the most. I always tell my kids, I've told you this before, but I try to tell them, I pick him up and I hug him and I, I say, I love you so much. I love you so much. You know how much Daddy loves you. And they say, yeah, yeah, I do. And I say, but you know, someone loves you more. Who loves you more? God. And they'll say, Jesus. Yeah, they'll say, God. I'll say, Jesus, because they can't rely on my love. And ki- guys, everyone, kids too, you can't rely on your parents' love totally. It'll let you down. They're going to try. They're going to do their best. But we're imperfect. And we're going to get angry. We're going to be jealous. But God's love is the love that you can bank on. And it's unconditional. 
Let's, can I read this to you real quick? Because this is like my favorite passage ever. And we're, we're almost done, all right? We'll, we'll get some food. What then shall we say in response to these things, and to God, in response to what God has done in Christ? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, give us all things graciously? Who will bring any charge against God, against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. So who can bring in a charge against God's people? Verse 34. Who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ, Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Who can separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or gun, or hurricane? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Here's the grand finale. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God in Jesus is unstoppable. It's unconditional. You can't, you can't get away from it. it. You can't be separated from it. And this leads to the fact that God's love is life-changing. All right, It's life-changing. This kind of love changes everything. It changes your life. It changes you from the inside out. But it changes, you. it changes how you think about the world. It changes how you think about yourself. All of a sudden, value and worth are just through the roof. It changes how you view others. All of a sudden, my, hum- my fellow human beings are fellow creations and loved people of God. Right? It changes how you view creation. It changes how you view tragedy. It changes everything. But it doesn't, doesn't just change how you think. It changes how... It changes you. Right? It changes you from the inside out. It changes us from people who are dead in our sins and slaves to, to our passions to someone who has been made alive. Yes. Hallowed be thy name. It is... It's life-changing. God, and remember, it's not, it, God doesn't love us because we're wonderful, but His love makes us wonderful. See, God loves us so much, right, that He, he takes us just as we are. And you've heard this before, I'm sure. He takes us just as we are, but He loves us too much to leave us just as we are. He's making a, His love transforms us. It, it changes us. It makes us more and more into who we're supposed to be as, as human beings. He loves us, period. And it changes everything. So here it is. And we're going to eat. But this good news always is a, a, an opportunity we respond to it, right? We respond to it. And that's why we sang. That's why we're going to sing in a minute. Because we're responding to this good news. The response is always repentance and belief. And repentance is like a, a word that has lots of baggage with it. But repentance just means turn around and go the other way. Turn a different direction from where you're going and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. 
turn away from seeking love and security and worth from anyone else other than Jesus, whose love is the only love that is ongoing and that is universal, that is unstoppable, that is, that is, that is life-changing and unconditional. Turn away from that and turn towards this love. It's repentance and belief. Believe, trust that Jesus is God's good news to the world, that he shows us his love. That's, that's the response that we're called to. Um, God isn't going to make you fall under his love. He's not coercive like that. He's not, he's not a dictator. He gives you the choice. And so that, the benefits of that, 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 that Romans, that nothing will separate us from his love, is, is something we walk into and we come under. And it's available to all, but it's not received by all. God's love is available to all, but it's not received by all. It's just like the, the refuge in a storm or a highway out of Houston when there's a hurricane coming. It's not closed to anyone. It's open to everyone, but you've got to get on the road, right? You've got to take the road out. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, he says. And so, so it's about getting on the road. It's about getting under the shelter of his love and of his care and of his mercy and of his compassion. And, and it's about living into that. And that's what we're calling people into. That's what we're trying to believe and walk in is to come under the unconditional, unstoppable, life-changing love of God made known to us through Jesus. And that's the good news of God. So let's pray and ask that we would just believe this and know it. Lord, we pray and we thank you that you have shown us your love through Jesus. And God, we see a lot of pain and we experience a lot of pain, but we know that you have stepped into history and you've changed everything. And we can know that you love us and that you're for us and you're not against us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just sing one more song in, in response to this and then we'll eat together um, and celebrate.